So, all right, Holy Spirit, thank you, Holy Spirit, for today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We just thank you for um, leading us into all truth. And we thank you, the truth is so amazing, we will know it. When we know it, it'll set us free. So we just thank you right now for the spirit of truth. We thank you. Uh, give us a grace, Lord, to see the invisible today. Give us a grace to see the invisible and into eternity. Thank you, Lord. I just thank you, Lord. Even in the book of Ecclesiastes, you revealed to Solomon that you have set eternity in the heart of man. So we thank you today for us to be able to ap apprehend to a level, Lord God, the invisible realm in Jesus' name. Amen. So that sounds not a nice cutesy sort of start, but God actually, he, he, he doesn't just suggest it. He says, look, this is what I want you to do. It says, in, in, this is not up there. Don't worry about it. It says, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 18, why we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. We're gonna be talking about the invisible world today, and we're gonna do some, some, some mapping, and we, the, 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 if you're gonna do a map, you need a lot of coordinates, and we're going to go with a lot of coordinates, but if, if it's really powerful because um, if you can bring, if you can give something language, you can bring it into focus. If you can bring something into focus, you can manifest it. So this is what we want. So, so teaching in the anointing with wisdom actually gives us blueprints. And so now I know, like for me, one of my, I wasn't like, I don't know, Pierre, you probably were right, right into orienteering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was never, I, was, I, didn't, I wasn't mature enough when I was younger. I'm thinking, what's this? Where do I go? And then I didn't even worry about following the map. I would just go, what's that person doing in front of me? Okay. But as, I, as I've matured, is that we do need God to lead us and we have to, and He allows us to, to map. He allows us to, so we know where we're going. And what I want to do is I want to map the invisible world and what it looks like continuing on with the theme that we've been doing. So we've been talking about ascension. The evidence of ascension is growing in the anointing. But we've been talking specifically about wisdom and knowledge. So uh, it talks about the knowledge of God and uh, the, with all you're getting, get understanding, wisdom is the principal thing. But there's something about our original design, our original design. And you know, this is really important because some of the things, uh, a lot of the things that I'll say, people with their cognitive faculties will say, yes, amen. But that's a good start. We are what we are in our heart or our subconscious. And sometimes we can say amen to something and go, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but we can be shaken like a loose tooth on the inside. And so we have to take God's seed or the word that's alive, and we have to reprogram ourselves. And that takes work. So it goes beyond an amen and agreement. It has to be applied. We actually have to wage war on the things that are incongruent with the kingdom because as a man or woman thinks in their heart, so they are. So um, we need to know original design. I've been, you know, I'm fascinated. Uh, I've been looking into a lot of stuff historically. Uh, the Lord's been leading me. One of the things of phenomena is, is evolution. And the origin of species and old Charles Darwin got on the old beagle. You're going, why would he, why would he go on a dog? No, it's, called, it's a boat called the beagle. He went five-year trip to the Galapagos Islands and he was very influenced by a book he read on the way over, because he had a bit of time. Um, a, a, a famous geologist was saying the earth is so much longer than we, so much older than we think. He started to apply the same principle and with no biology degree, he came up with a, a theory 
that completely went around the world multiple times and is now being built in many people's subconscious. Either God created you and there is original design or you just sort of mutated. And we know, because we all know the second law of thermodynamics and the law of entropy, basically everything starts with order and devolves into chaos. Uh, evolution is, is, is equivalent to probably, it's a very crude agricultural parallel, but it's like uh, a hurricane going through a junkyard and building a jumbo jet, okay? But you have a look at it, but it's very important because it connects us to our identity and original design. God made you the way you are. And, and, and you know, I won't go into it, but it's very, very important we understand original design but in a time where we think we have the luxury of multiple choices is that we tend to have a, we have a tendency in our generations to take what we like out of the word and reject what doesn't suit us. Because like we got that luxury. And so what I wanna do is I wanna talk about original design because you just can't get a, around it. We've been talking about, yeah, this is really important. Uh, uh, just chatting on the phone with Daryl today. Uh, there's been so many things happen in the world last three years. Do you know what happens is that light, which is, which is the light is life and the kingdom, the kingdom of light, the father of light, which sons of light put on the armor of light. And then something takes place and something said or read or heard or seen and a tiny shaft of light comes in of truth. And when people go, oh, this isn't popular. Well, I don't know what people think of this. And when we reject that shaft of light and we keep rejecting it, we get given over to blindness. Light rejected is darkness embraced. And so we have to allow the Lord to quicken things to us in the realm of truth, even if it doesn't suit or appeal to our current station. It's really important because ultimately you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. So we're gonna map the invisible world and what that looks like. And this is connected to original design. If we could start please with Proverbs chapter one. We're going right to the fountainhead. It says, the Proverbs of Solomon, the son of David, the king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction. You know when people go, I don't like being told. Bible says, no worries. There's plenty of that in the Bible. They're called fools. You know, <laughs> in the book of Proverbs, man, what an x-ray machine, eh? <laughs> to know wisdom and instruction, to perceive the words of understanding, to receive the instruction of wisdom, justice, judgment, and equity. And you're like, what? We start to realise that the... So with all you're getting, get understanding wisdom is the principal thing. And it says, if you, if you embrace wisdom and wisdom is calling out, you have long life, honor and riches. So we actually go, yeah, long life, honor and riches. Like that's a, that's a bit of a, uh, here's, here's a contrary, that's a bucket list statement. Anyway, so, but, but a long life, honor and riches. And you go, yeah, but it says actually here, wisdom is primarily concerned with justice, judgment and equity. In other words, wisdom is primarily about governance. You can't separate wisdom and governance. You can't just say, I'm gonna take 
the blueprints of the invisible dimension and live unto myself. Everything is first unto the Lord and then his purposes and plans through. So wisdom is connected to governance. When you go, oh, I want wisdom. I don't know about governance. Now let's not, let's not confine governance to politics. But I tell you what, we actually have to pl- apply governance to dominion. We have been sent to a hostile, fallen, dark planet to colonize it. You can't get around that fact. When you haven't set in your heart that it's all about the king of glory redeeming a dark orphan planet so he can reunite with it, what happens? Our meta-narrative is so skewed that we just wanna pick this and pick that. We are called to colonize. Can someone say amen? The Lord gives us wisdom. It says, if you ask for wisdom, ask and do not doubt because God gives generously. But it's not just to know him, but it's to govern. And we're gonna be mapping the invisible realm. And so when the church, it's not what they say amen to, even though I don't want plenty of amens today. It's not what the church amen, says amen to, it's what the church carries in its heart. I know I've been doing this for a long time now, been walking with the Lord. Now, whether I gave it language or not, over the years, you know, I've, 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 I've put down boundaries. And you go, oh, that's good, Todd. No, 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 boundaries with the Lord. It's, Lord, 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 I'll do anything for love, but I won't do that, okay? (laughs) Seriously. You know, we're in a meeting, a moment, death, like this. Okay, go out and give your car away, but I won't do that. (laughs) Lord, you do believe in boundaries. He said, yes, but not with me. Okay, so so I know that that, 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 that I've I've engaged the full counsel of God, and I went, oh, that's not for me. Someone else can do that bit. You know, intercessory, boring, you know, all that sort of stuff. And the Lord goes, no, 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 no. He said, you, 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 you have to, you actually have to take on the full counsel of God to, to, to engage the kingdom and so you can map the invisible. So we've been sent here to colonize. The problem we have, and we've been sent here to govern. The problem we have, much of the church is waiting for a heavenly government to manifest. It's a little bit like, you go, oh, well, that's just fine. Like, just say, let's just say your eschatology's a bit out. Let me draw a parallel. Let me draw a parallel. If we, if we, if we don't believe we're here to not just colonise, but to govern, a little bit of a parallel is like the Jews are waiting for their Messiah to come. That is a massive paradigm shift. It's a discerned statement. The Lord's, the Lord's like, I've already manifested and you've rejected me. And it's like, we're waiting for a heavenly government. Look, it's, you're it, son. You're it. But it's not like he's just, you know, sort of like, you know, a big, a, a heavenly chopper and he's just dropped us into some sort of crazy war zone and we're not equipped. We have to map the invisible so we can actually connect. We actually connect with the how-tos. So we see that wisdom, according to Solomon, according to the Spirit of God, the sevenfold Spirit of God, is primarily about judgment, justice, and equity, which is government. And so... Uh, so it's about governance. So today, I believe the Lord wants us to fill in the blanks or he fills in the blanks and show us the, from the word, the relationship between wisdom, governance, the heavenly city and Mount Zion. Okay, wisdom, governance, the heavenly city and Mount Zion. So I want us to, we're gonna, we're gonna work backwards from that list. We're gonna start by talking about Mount Zion. And Mount Zion, 
I, like we're talking the mountain of God, the mountain of God. And I love mountains. The interns gave me an Everest pen and hopefully it will ever last. And, and I, there's something about mountains. God manifests in the mountains. And uh, he met Moses up there. Jesus took the disciples of transfiguration. I love mountains. Haven't climbed that many, but I've seen a lot in the spirit. I've been up in the Andes. Um, I've been uh, Colorado, Mount Monarch, a few other things. And so, so what the Bible, it's important we know what God says is. Now, this is important. If you live by faith, what you believe shapes your world. But if you don't live by faith, if you don't see something, you instantly think it's a future reality. This is why we need to live in the Word and be led of the Spirit. Because what we believe shapes our world. But if we're in carnality, well, we haven't seen the, it must be a future thing. That's not what the Bible teaches. Let's do uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 12. It says, but you have all, uh, paraphrasing, but you've already come to Mount Zion. So someone's physically says yes to Jesus, but then it says in the spirit, they're, they're raised up and seated with him, but also in Mount Zion. But you've come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. So that's amazing. It says, it, so physically you're here, but it says you've come to Mount Zion. Now, we can choose where we live on Mount Zion. Mount Zion is like a video game with levels. Okay, now something I've never caught. Now, I, 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 this, oh, this is such a terrible, terrible ageist confession. I just, I've never been into games. I gave Space Invaders a go. And, and Galga, what, was it Galga? Galactica, okay. There you go. She ages me. Can't even say it. You go in there and you put in 20 cents. And uh, Pac-Man. But, but one thing I know is it's from, we go from glory to glory and there are levels. And every level, like, I had a vision up at the block, and I've had a few of them, of snakes and ladders. And the change, and the, and the change in, the, in the spiritual temperature in the world means that when you lean into obedience, the ladders are longer, but when you make poor choices, the snakes are longer. That's, that's called acceleration. And so there's something about video games, but it's like, but we can dwell at the base of, of Mount Zion or we can, we can scale the heights. That's an anecdotal statement, but we'll, we'll go more into the, the, the word. And Mount Zion's a good place because Obadiah 1.17 says this. It says, but on Mount Zion, there will be deliverance. Now, what you have is right now is what people would consider is the end times or eschatology. So he, it actually says, this is where you get your deliverance from Mount Zion, okay? It's not escapology, it's eschatology, last things. And it says, uh, but on Mount Zion, there should be deliverance and there should be holiness. That's key, that's key. You need to, we need to hunger for holiness. We need to hunger. Wisdom says be holy for he is holy. It says that, Okay. And, and there shall be holiness, and the house of Jacob shall possess their possessions. Why should we, it says, set our affection on things above according to Colossians 3? That's where all your stuff is. 
Everything you need is actually, we're blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in him, in Christ. So, so Zion is where you truly get delivered. But when we have, we go, oh, well, there's gonna be a big deliverance one day. Um, and so, no, 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 no. God says, you can come now to Mount Zion. You can come now to the place of deliverance. Can someone say amen? That's ascension. That's ascension. And, 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 and love the fact that it's completely accessible in, in Christ. So this is not a future thing, but it's a, an, an invisible present reality. So, uh, uh, um, so if we are consumed about escaping, then what's the point of building? What's the point of starting a business? What's the point of doing a uni degree? What's the point of, of, of getting involved in government? We're just gonna escape. And it's incongruent with what God reveals in His Word. But you can, you know, we can cultivate ascended reality with Zion all the time. You cultivate it, you build that muscle. It's not that hard. It's, 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 it's actually building a muscle where you learn to yield and receive. Some people you see them, you say, okay, well, receive from God. And you, like, people look miserable when they're trying to receive from God. That's why I said, let, let, let's, let, 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 let's let his face shine up. Let your face shine. Let him lift your head. He's receiving from God. It's like smiling at God. You can see people, come on, smile. Come on, smile. Come on, smile. These people go, I'm not going to smile. It's like, don't, don't double down unto and, and just stubbornness. We, we, see, receiving is easy. Smiling should be easy, okay? And so, <laughs> it's, it's yieldedness and the ability to receive. Okay, now, again, the 101s. We're saved by grace through faith. It is not of ourselves, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. We're saved by grace. It's a free gift, and what happens is we're then to take that free gift and yield. And yield, not just surrender, but yield fruit. And so there's actually like, it says we shan't, one of the most lame application scriptures, you can't, you shouldn't judge people. The Bible says, the Bible says we're called to judge, especially judging within the house. But it says you shan't judge and it says, oh, by the way, you should know that someone by their fruits, you're, you're, you're judging. Now there's a lot of unrighteous judgment we've got to be careful of, Okay. Because you, you, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta look at yourself first, and, and, and so, but you get, you get people they throw the baby out of the bathwater, and they just never judge, and they just let all this rubbish go on around them, and God's called us to bring plumb lines. This is why wisdom is about justice, judgment, and equity. So, so we need God's wisdom. So, so there's no such thing as cheap grace. Salvation is free, but it's not cheap. Okay, you receive it as a gift, and the Lord goes, "I gave my life for you, Lord. What do you want back? Just your life." Isn't the fact I could follow you slightly on my own terms, isn't that enough? He says, no, no, your life, a living sacrifice. So there's no such thing as cheap grace. So it, we see this reflected in the manifestation or existential manifestation of our spiritual walk. You can encounter heaven all the time, okay? Not the, yes, I have the theology of heaven. No, you can encounter heaven through the Holy Ghost. And so let's do Psalm 24. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who, who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, 
who has not lifted up his soul to an idol nor sworn deceitfully. So uh, we did? he shall receive blessing from the Lord and the righteousness from the God of his salvation. So, so we're invited to go up there, but when you actually, it's just cultivating holiness and the fear of the Lord. And when you're not, you know, lying is a problem, exaggerating is a problem, sarcasm is a problem. I don't think we understand how big a deal our lips are, our words are. Life and death's in the power of the tongue. And, you know, it says uh, we are, are like a ship, okay? Some, we've got, we got a couple of dinghies out here, we've got a couple of aircraft carriers, you decide. And then the rudder decides where it all goes, and that's your words. So sworn deceitfully, don't, you know, lift up your heart to an idol. Lifting up your heart to an idol, God's going, well, you worship something else, so I'm gonna hold out on you. No, it's what we lift our heart up to actually has a gravitational pull. It has a sense of magnetism. When you have more affection for things greater than the Lord, then it'll pull you towards it. Okay, God's not sulking on a quid pro quo level going, oh, well, he worshiped me the other day and I'm keeping score, so he can't come up my holy hill. It's actually when people let something get a hold of them, even fear, you can't go up the hill. You can't go up the hill because the gravity down here is stopping you from ascending. So clean hands, pure heart, that's childlikeness. So we're called, we're called to go up and this is why we wanna go up there. Psalms 2, 6. And it says this, yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. Why do we want to ascend? Because you're already seated in the heavenly places with him, but you want to go where the king is and you become who you hang out, you become like who you hang out with. Jesus is established on Zion. Jesus isn't coming back like the church thinks he's coming back until all things are under his feet. Can someone say amen? That's what the Word of God says. When we're waiting for an invisible heavenly government to manifest and we're just sitting around, you know, you get people just sort of like, I'm just called to watch. And we just, you know, TV, YouTube, yes, until the Lord comes, just watch. <laughs> all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Go into all the nations and watch. <laughs> and we start to get, get put filters on it that God never actually intended. And so ascension is about Zion. Zion is open and available all the time, but there's no cheap grace. In Zion, there is safety and deliverance, but we don't go there to escape. We go there to rule. That's where the, the king is. The king is. He says, hey, I'm the king. I'm the king of kings. Now you go. We gotta see how in the spirit world, how those are connected. Jesus is ruling and reigning through you and I. That's exciting. And we've got to, you know, uh, uh, if that you go, oh, okay, that's quite abstract, quite challenging. Well, then chew on it until it becomes part of you. Because there is no wisdom without governance. And wisdom is the principal thing. And it's connected to ascension. So what I now wanna do is I wanna, I wanna show us all through scripture, the connection between God's holy hill, Zion, and the heavenly city and government. And this is, this is like, like, we got to put on the, we allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us. Jesus talked about this more than we know. Let's put in uh, Matthew, please. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden. You're the light of the world. The city of light, the father of lights and light to come out of that city. 
This is incredible. Jesus said it back then, because we just go, because unless the Holy Spirit quickens our imagination, we just see a little hill and a little city, tiny little city on a tiny little hill. You go, that's nice, Jesus. And, and, and he's actually talking about the New Jerusalem. You're a city on a hill. You're a city on a hill. And we, we see this again and again and again. The connection to Zion and governing from the city. Okay? So this we're mapping the invisible. We're seeing the invisible. And today it's, we're doing this through the Nabi realm, the word of the Lord. If you take the word of the Lord and you, 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 you meditate on it, I, I, for, 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 I don't know why it happened this way. I came to Christ when I was in late teens and I would see in the spirit like I'm looking at you. Now, that's gonna do your head in. I didn't want anything to do with Christianity at all. Neither did it in my family. And then I said yes to the Lord. And then all of a sudden, without asking, I started seeing in the spirit and it does your head in. I've seen so many ugly, foul demons. So many weird things. And then it was taken away from me. And I went, can I just have a bit? Just a bit, Lord, just the occasional encounter. The Lord had to get me to renew my mind through the Word. And then through the Word, I used to receive the Word of the Lord, the Nabi free-flowing thoughts. And then the Word of the Lord came to. And then the burden of the Word of the Lord. So I would get free-flowing thoughts coming out of my spirit. So today is connected to that dimension. We have to learn different modalities. The Scriptures are quite, they're, they're a combination of abstract, things you can't picture, but also things you can picture. But I'll tell you what, the Word of, the, word of God is living and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. So we're mapping through the Nabi realm. We have to be okay with that because God wants to speak to us through all different ways. I've had to expand my vocabulary, all right? I always find it ironic, that's a challenging word to pronounce, okay? But uh, he wants us to expand that. So, so we need to see, we need to see the connection between God's holy hill and governing from the city. Let's try Revelation 21.10. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain. So Jesus goes, you're a city on a hill. And we go, little hill, you know, a little, like, sort of not Mount Lofty, but just sort of maybe Green Hill, Green Hill. And then all of a sudden he's in the spirit and he's taken this incredible, crazy mountain to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem or the new Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God. So, so wisdom is about government. Then we've got to see the connection between Zion, which is ascension. And now we're going into the structural reality of governing and governance comes out of cities. So you go, book of Revelation, crazy. Well, the book of Revelation has possibly over 500 direct references and allusions from the complete Old Testament, especially Ezekiel. So Ezekiel saw the same city, saw the same city. You're going, whoa, 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 whoa. I thought Jesus says, I'll go away and prepare a place for you. We just don't understand the realm of the Spirit. We don't understand the eternal kingdom of God. We just don't understand it. We, we, so we have to map it through the Word of God. Let's go into Ezekiel. So it's pretty much the same thing. In the visions of God, he took me into the land of Israel and set me on a very high mountain 
on it towards the south was something like the structure of a city. So John saw that it was a city. Ezekiel didn't quite have his grid yet because he hadn't met Jesus and he wasn't, didn't have the Holy Ghost like the apostles did. Yet he definitely had the Holy Ghost, but not like the apostles did because the new covenant is the eternal covenant. And he was under, under a, a dispensation that was fading away. But he saw something like a city on a great high mountain. This is really important because I remember um, we have, our house is, is, is blessed, but we have battles. We have battles. I remember engaging realm of the spirit over Munta. Just over the, some of the demonic attacks. And it was like Grand Central Station. I've seen spirit of death. I've seen Anubis. I've seen, I'm going, I don't want to see Anubis. Because I'm showing Anubis. <laughs> but I don't want to see Anubis. Anyway, that's the Pharaoh deity of, of death with the dog's head, Okay. So I don't want to see Anubis. Anyway, all these weird things manifesting. But one day, uh, we were going through a bit of stuff and Rachel asked the Lord to open her eyes. And next thing you know, she, I think you were, you were just in the bedroom, just chilling, waiting on God. Next thing she saw, the Lord showed her that our house is on a very high mountain with two giant eagles either side. Was it two mountains or one? One. So, and there's, there's the mountain and there are mountains. So, so I want you to start to see that if you are in the Lord and you lay a hold of that opportunity, you're actually not dwelling in the valley. You're actually up on Mount Zion. Come, can someone say amen? You have to lay a hold of it because it's very different. You know, it's really interesting. And the God of peace will swiftly crush Satan under your feet. That happens when you know it will live ascended because he's under your feet. Otherwise you're doing this. Right? But you're, he's under your feet because it says he's going to crush. He's going to, he's going to bruise the, the, the seat of the woman's heel, but he's going to crush his head. And our point of contact with the demonic is our, the bottom of our feet. But that happens in ascended reality. So we start to see that the parallels of wisdom and governance, but firstly Zion and governing out of the city. Now, this is where it gets really cool. This is why we have to map it. Because it's hard to lay a hold of. So, are we, so we've, we've established this Mount Zion. There's already the new, it says that we are living stones. We've been built up as a holy temple, but these are individual temples, but we've been built up. That's a now thing. Zion is a now thing. So the new Jerusalem, or the city of God, because even Abraham saw that from a, a distance, all right? The city of God, are we in the city or is the city in us? So let me answer it with another question. Are we in Christ or is Christ in us? It's both. He says that Jesus, wherever I am, that you'll be also. This is the realm of the Spirit. Luke 17 says, he says, don't, he says, the kingdom of heaven doesn't come with observation. Don't say, here it is, there it is. For the kingdom of God is, is it within you. That's why everything you think and say and meditate on and ungoverned emotions actually pollutes the waters. Bad words pollute the waters because the kingdom of God is within you. So Christ in you, the hope of glory. So you are in the city and the city's in you. I've 
I've had encounters around heavenly, the heavenly city. I've seen it as an external thing, but then the Lord says it's also inside of us. Now, come on. The new Jerusalem's inside of you. Now, you, 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 at the moment, there's a collective, a, a, a calf staring at a new gate. <laughs> the new Jerusalem. This is why we're mapping the invisible. See, one of the things, the, 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 I love God's word. I love God's word. But we need the Holy Spirit to interpret it for us. I believe, I believe history has been fiddled with and I believe and deleted and through admission, I just think a lot of the narrative is, is, is kaka, okay? So basically, and Paul said that, he said, I count all but kaka, 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 okay? That I may know him, kaka, so it's biblical. And there's a word, it's, it's, it's poo, refuse, but only use once, so we can only say it once, all right? <laughs> But, but you, we're, we're getting, getting back to the, 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 the city of God, God wants to manifest on the earth through his people. And you look at history, and history's been changed that the, the church has been struggling, weak, and defeated. I believe, especially that the whole thing, the Munta thing was a catalyst for me. I personally believe there's been many more outpourings and souls in history that's been deleted. I believe heaven's got way more inhabitants. I don't believe the churches are struggling. There's only six people left in the dark ages and somehow they found someone hiding under a staircase in a monastery. They dragged him out and he prophesied and four people joined his company that day and then after a thousand years, there was six of them. All right, I don't believe that. I, I, that's just not who the King of Glory is. It's just not who the King of Glory is. And so we have to, and, 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 and I, I believe the reason, one of the reasons why a lot of the narrative has been fiddled with is because it's terrified, darkness is terrified of God's children working out their true supernatural identity and mandates. And if we, if we believe the darkness, we are like the unbelieving spies and God is waiting for a generation, a remnant within a generation to say, Lord, we are able because you are with us. That's what he's waiting for. Only needs a quorum, a remnant, who knows, a tithe, a 10%, I don't know. Lord, will you, will you change the plans of a city just for 10? He said, I'll do it for 10. And so, so this is why it's so important to map the invisible because you need to believe that you're already in Zion and you are in the city and the city is in you. And this is what God says. So, all right. Gets crazier, the church and the new Jerusalem are the same thing. But I thought it was a city. You're a city on a hill. <laughs> I mean, this is hectic. But I pictured something else. The Holy Spirit says, I don't care. <laughs> what does the word say? See, this is happening now. See, rather than go, I can't see it, it must be the future. That's not how it works. You lay a hold of the word and let it lay a hold of you as living divine seed. And then what happens, the just shall live by faith to him who believes all things are possible. And then you start through his church, his new Jerusalem starts to manifest on the earth. This is why the enemy wants to control the narrative, the foul lies, the fear. He's terrified. Light always triumphs over darkness. So the church and the new Jerusalem are the same. Uh, Revelation 21, please. 
Then one of the seven angels who had the seven bowls filled with the seven last plagues, they're multitasking, came to me and talked with me saying, come, look at this, look at this. I will show you the bride, the lamb's wife. And he carried me away to the spirit of a great high mountain, show me the great city, the new Jerusalem, or holy Jerusalem. It's the same as the bride, the lamb's wife. This is crazy. What's really interesting, I believe people can say yes to Jesus and be saved and their name recorded in heaven and they're spared from wrath and all that. But there's something about the fact God chose to create a bride for his son. And a bride is someone who's is betrothed, okay, or trothed. But a wife is another deal because there's a growing, there's a development and growing of intimacy. And this is something that's very important. I was talking, I spent some time with, with Jenny Hager during the week and she's reading a book on, on Ecclesia and, uh, and this statement, I think I've got it written down because I like it a lot. I'll just remember it. Oh yeah, Intimate, intimacy pleases the heart of God, but dominion brings him honour. Intimacy pleases the heart of God, but dominion brings him honour. So, so genuine intimacy starts to manifest as dominion. Did you know that every time you lead someone to the Lord, every time you have some form of breakthrough, you witness, you take another part of governance you, you volunteer at a farm. You, you, you see God blessing the land. You, you have incredible transformation through an internship. It brings God honour. We've got to graduate from the shallow end of the pool. We have to have the, the dominion mindset because that's how it started. And I'll show you from the Word. So, so, so this is where we're talking about wisdom. We're starting with Zion, which is ascended reality and governing from the city. And so... The church and the New Jerusalem, one of the same. The city, is, we are in the city and the city is in us. So Zion is where the king is, but the manifestation or the reign of heaven on the earth is the New Jerusalem. It's the New Jerusalem, it's the manifestation. And I saw the New Jerusalem coming down as a bride. That's the difference. So the power source is the mountain. The manifestation on the earth is the New Jerusalem. And that's where the governance comes into it. Can someone say amen? Amen. Okay. All right. Now, I believe the guard, oh, no, no, I'm gonna jump, no, I'm gonna here, I should be here, no, no, all right. So, okay, I'm in the city, yeah, the city's in me. What do I do with that? God's building it around me, is he? I don't know, God anointed me to be the twit. All right, here we go. First Corinthians 3. Why I sounded like Rocky, I don't know. We are God's fellow workers. Is Adrian here? Adrian, there we go, all right. For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. For we are, so we're God's fellow workers. We, we are God's fellow workers. You're God's field. So it's a field of dreams, but this is now, you are God's building. This, is, this building is called the City of Dreams. 
Okay, keep going. According to the grace of God which was given to me as a wise master builder, I have laid the foundation. So we're God's fellow workers, you're God's field, you're God's building, but Paul's a master builder and he's laid the foundation and another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds. Now it's talking about how everyone builds. Yep, keep going. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which was laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, or wood, hay, and straw, there's a juxtaposition there. Each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it um, because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on it endures, he will receive a reward. So we're called to build with the Lord, but we give ourselves over because wisdom builds the house unless the Lord builds the house, but we're part of it. God works through human agency. So we are mapping the invisible is that wisdom is connected to governance. Governance primarily starts with ascension, which is Mount Zion, and then manifests as a city, but we are to build. Now, just track with me for a second on this. I believe if Adam properly obeyed the Lord, he would have manifested that city from the midst of the Eden of God. The whole word starts with a garden, finishes with a city. It starts with intimacy that pleases the Lord and finishes with dominion that honours the Lord. And you need to see your significant part of this. You, you, you are a living stone. This is incredible. And the new Jerusalem, much of the church is waiting for a heavenly government. God's saying, no, no more than the Jews are waiting for a, 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 the Messiah to come. This is why we need to be obsessed with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God. He's the one, the Spirit of wisdom. And so I believe Adam would have, God would have built that city through Adam from the midst of the garden. So why? Because in Revelation we read that in the midst of the city is the garden. Because Revelation 2.7 says that the tree or trees of life are in the midst of the paradise of God. And Revelation 22, it's the red button. Revelation 22. <laughs> red. <laughs> okay, it's all right. It's okay. Revelation 22 says the trees of life are in the midst of the street next to the river. Streets in the city. Isn't that crazy? So we have, uh, we have our intimacy with God in the garden. But then he builds the city through us and the world sees the walls. But the gates are always open. You can't just have the world come in and say, I just wanna do what I wanna do. You wolf. Serious. Otherwise, it's not a church, it's a zoo. Jesus is the door to the sheepfold. You gotta go through. Fish need to be cleaned before they're consumed. Ever eaten a fish with scales? So intimacy with God in the garden, He manifests the city through the church collectively 
The world should see the walls, but the gates are open and they go, I want in. Come, let us go to the Lord's house. Let's go up to the mountain because we're a city on a hill. This is the realm of the invisible. It is not a future reality, it's a present tense. So now we see that what we believe, what we know and believe actually is unto manifestation. If we don't believe that, we treat it as a future thing and wait for the Messiah to come down again. This is huge. It's mapping the invisible and you're going, this is crazy. How can you possibly win? Uh, sorry, how can you possibly win? How can you possibly lose when you're destined to win? Okay, excuse me. All right. Matthew 28. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy, and the Holy Spirit, which we're doing today. So we've been sent to a planet that needs colonizing. And in the colonization process, we're to rule with great wisdom and see judgments and justice manifest. This is wisdom, it's not future, it's now. It's now. To him who believes all things are possible. We're either gonna be the two spies or the 10 unbelieving spies. And God's waiting for a generation. Just a, I don't know what a quorum is. I don't know what a, a, a critical mass remnant is. I don't know. And so when we go, ah, oh, I'm not in a governing, you're actually turning your back on heaven's mandate. We have to do the Great Commission, but it's more than just going out and just winning souls. Winning souls is, he who wins souls is wise. But I'll tell you right now, God wants us to manifest heaven on earth through us. You're in the city and the city is in you. And if that wasn't enough, the council of God is screaming at his church and saying, governance. Wisdom is concerned with judgment, justice, and equity. Governance, governance, governance. And then you've got the church going, I don't think you should mix church and politics. That is flipping stupid. It is. It is. It's convenient, but it's stupid. It's unbelief. It's sin. God's speaking through governance. Because it's not about you, sort of. It's, it's actually about leaning into Him and Him governing through His people. And it's way broader than politics. So if we were like, we, we, okay, okay, Lord, okay, faith of that hints is dead. So Lord, could you give me, could you help me? Could you just help me? Could you reinforce that you're obsessed with governments? So who knows what the number of government is? 12, very good. Divinity Code alumni. Okay, so. 12, the 12 sons of Jacob became the 12 tribes. 12 spies were sent into the promised land. Jesus chose 12 disciples that were called to be apostles. In Revelation 12, a woman appears in heaven. The sun and the moon are under her feet and she has 12 stars around her head. The new Jerusalem has 12 gates made of 12 pearls, 12 angels guarding them. The names of the 12 tribes are written on those gates. The 12 foundations uh, of the, the New Jerusalem have the names of the 12 apostles and their 12 stones. The city is 12,000 furlongs and the wall is 144 cubits, which is 12 times 12, and the trees of life will bear 12 fruits. So let's just, let's just remove that and replace 12 with government. Okay? And so... I saw a woman 
appeared in heaven and the sun and moon were under her feet and she had government around her head. The new Jerusalem, the opening to the new Jerusalem had 12 openings of government. And they are manned by 12 governmental angels with governmental stones and the names of the old covenant government and the new covenant government. And even the measurements of the new city was government, government, government. And when you get the church going, I don't believe in mixing church and politics, that's like separation of church and state. That is a lazy, ill-informed church abdicating. And when the church abdicates, darkness will rule. And this is why it goes way beyond politics. It's about taking dominion. This is the last point I wanna make and it's a short one. Where to start? And this is what I believe God's saying in this this season. The seasons are so compact. Let's put on uh, Proverbs, please. It says, whoever has no rule, government, whoever has no rule over his own spirit is like a city broken down without walls. I believe in this season, and this is an invitation, it's not a mandate. Gosh, I hate that word. All right. (laughs) The computer modelling says, I believe the Lord's calling some, maybe most, maybe all, but at least some of us to go into a season of fasting. You're going, but it's Christmas nearly. (laughs) Wouldn't just be like the Lord to do that. Okay, it's beginning to feel a bit like Christmas. Okay, so, so I honestly believe, I honestly believe that there's a, there's a grace on fasting at the moment. I believe God is, there's, it talks about there's, there's heavy yokes and bonds that need to be broken and only fasting will do it. Is there is there's different ways to do it? Uh, you got your, 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 I, I wouldn't suggest a supernatural fast because you can't make that happen. Because if you don't drink water or food, you will pass out and you might see God face to face. Okay? And, you, and, and He will send you back, but on a dialysis. Okay, so, so you don't want that. So at least ingest fluid, but there are other things as well, other different ways. I might get my wife to re- release a recipe on the website but you've got all sorts of different ways. Some people do detoxes like with cane pepper. Cane pepper is actually amazing for inflammation. You know, a lot of diseases people have now are inflammation. Seriously. And your immune system is in your gut. And so Rachel's doing a lemon detox with cane pepper. You go, see her later for wonderful, follow her for wonderful fasting tips. A whole bunch of people. But, but for me, I, one of the ones that works for me is millet. Who knows what millet is? That will scrub you out. It will. Or you could just, you could do it, you do it how, but I honestly believe there is a grace for people to fast. I'm not saying, I'm not saying, I'm not saying December the 25th, you know, sort of like all your family there and your skinny withdrawn (laughs) as the glory of God beams out of your emaciated face. People go, I want what he's having. Okay, so <laughs> said no one ever. But I do believe, I do believe that there is a lot of warfare at the moment 
And it's about ascension, about governing. We can't, God is, he wants us to, the, the original design is governance. You've been chucked onto a dark, orphan, nasty planet that if you lean into the glory, lean into grace, God says, you'll never be stressed or worried. I've been listening to the book of Proverbs and when you lean into wisdom, you don't even get anxious. It's good, it's good to laugh, it's good to smile. People might even wanna hang out with you. They might, I didn't say they would, but you give it a better chance. But this morning the Lord's saying governance. He wants us to embrace governance. Even if it's, you start with praying, but you have to govern your own spirit first. You have to govern your own metron, your own jurisdiction. But he, I tell you what, right there this morning is a map of the invisible, comprehensive. God, intimacy pleases the Lord, but dominion brings him honour. Brings him honour. And one, that's one of the major things. Is it, is it, can you imagine your life and you come before the Lord, let my life be a, a symphony to you, singing holy. And can you imagine if your life actually brought honour to him? Wow. We've got, to, we've got to allow heaven to set the bar and heaven set the bar if that he gets all the glory and all the honour through, through, through dominion. And this is what, we, we can't shy away from that because I'll tell you what, the darkness is proselytising and, and recruiting left, right and centre. Everyone's offended, everyone's angry and everyone's as nasty as cat droppings. I'm over it. I'm over it. This, this culture of offence, Jesus said it's gonna be inevitable. This culture of offence. Just because you're a nasty piece of work, you, you get, but the nasty people you get, the more they get their way. What sort of a world is that? We actually need to see the spirit of glory and grace manifest in the midst of the garden through his people in that, that heart space of the Lord, but then manifests as a new Jerusalem on the earth. Grab your communion. And get ready for the love feast. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for your quickening power. I thank you for quickening your words. Holy Spirit, thank you that we're not waiting for a manifestation of deliverance, but we can come to you anytime to Zion. I thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. How can we possibly lose when we're destined to win? I thank you, Lord, for communion. I thank you for the broken body and the shed blood. Lord, I just thank you for, you've called us to take dominion, to take dominion over everything. Everything you've already taken dominion over, Lord. Sin, sickness, poverty, chaos, darkness. I just thank you for dominion in every way, shape, form. Bless this communion to our bodies in Jesus' name, amen. Your burgers are ready. So just to give instruction, if you already paid online, um, we'll get you to go out the back, out these doors, um, and you'll find a list.